ready to give your fur baby the absolute best life possible and live your very best life too? Break free from the chains of the physical, mental, and emotional challenges that can limit you and your pets to feeling stuck and struggling and instead finally experience what you were both meant to, a life unleashed. So when someone isn't getting the message, the whole operation of what is going on can absolutely fall apart. And the same thing happens in our pets when they are having a nervous system challenge where the body is not communicating with itself properly. And that comes up in challenges like disc disease. Welcome to part two of our series on disc disease in pets. In part one, we went over how this disease shows up, what we're going to see in our pets, and some of the different names that your vet or your specialist might put on it, put on those symptoms, whether that's different names for the same thing or something really similar. And we also went over what exactly it is that's happening inside of our pets when they're going through disc disease. Today in part two, we're going to look at how is it this even happens? What is it that causes this challenge to come up in the first place? And what pets are more at risk than others? We're also going to look at what this disease feels like, what it looks like through your pet's perspective, through their eyes. Let's walk a mile in their paws. And you know, there's things that we see, but then what is it that they're really experiencing? Because they have ways of telling us what's going on without using words like we do, but there's still some things we can miss. So let's discover what it is that they're going through. And then later on in part three, we're going to explore what you can do to help your pet if they already have this disease to minimize the symptoms that they're going through and maximize their quality of life. And also what it is you can do to minimize their risk of getting it in the first place. If you're new to my world, welcome. I'm Dr. Vicki, general chiropractor for people as well as pets. I am a Reiki healer and a mind-body coach. I am here to help you and your fur babies be your very best so that you can live life absolutely unleashed. Go out, enjoy everything that brings you joy and not have to miss a single thing. Just live in life to the fullest. So let's dive into something that can really slam that leash on and keep it really tight, which is disc disease in pets. Let's dive on into part two. So how does this even happen? We went into some of the, the things that we're going to see symptom-wise and, and what's going on inside. How does this happen in the first place? And who is at risk? To answer the last question first, who is at risk? Any pet can get this. No, no pet is completely in the clear because one of the more common reasons that this disease can happen is trauma. I'm talking 
big and little, macro trauma or micro trauma. Macro trauma is they took a nosedive out of the seat of the tall SUV and hit the ground funny, and now they're not right. Or they were running in the backyard like a crazy thing, stepped in a mole hole, flipped over and slammed their back into a tree. I have a couple of patients that have done that actually. Micro trauma is more the 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 wear and tear. A little something is a little off for a little too long and it just keeps eating away at it. It's like that slow drip in in your bathroom faucet can start to erode the lining in your bathtub. I might need to replace mine at some point. But <laughs> that little bit, a drop of water is nothing, right? But over time, it can really do some damage. That's what micro trauma is. It's a little something that just on its own, at, at, you know, one little snapshot, it doesn't seem like much, but over time, it'll start building up. Another way micro trauma can show up is in past injuries where they never quite fully healed back to 100%. Maybe they, uh, you know, tore a ligament in their knee and that's all patched up. It's as good as it's going to get, but over the years, they're not using their knee like they usually do. That change in normal motion is going to translate throughout the whole rest of their body, including their spine and their discs. So that abnormal wear and tear day after day over the years can turn into something more major. So accidents, new and old, microtrauma, macro trauma can also come about this disease can also come about from lifestyle are they overweight just like when people being overweight puts a lot of extra stress on the whole body and when you've got a quadruped or a three-legged depending their back is not built like ours. Our backs are built stacked on top of each other. It's kind of like a Jenga tower. And some of us, our Jenga towers lean a little more than others, and that causes its own host issues. But when we have a disc challenge, we're still, for the most part, stacked up on top of each other. Pets' backs are built more like a suspension bridge. So when they are overweight and they're carrying all that weight in the center of their mass, the furthest point from the support structures of the bridge puts a lot of strain on that bridge. If you've got a big old suspension bridge, like, I don't know, Golden Gate Bridge, and you pile all of those cars in the very middle, that bridge is going to have some extra strain that's not really built to hold. It's not. It's built to have all that weight spread evenly. It's not built to have all that weight white right in the middle. Another way that lifestyle can contribute to this disease is with our rowdy friends, the ones that just run around in the backyard like maniacs, the ones that no matter what you do to try to help keep their bodies in good shape, you, know, you, use, you have ramps, you have steps for them to get up and down from the tall bed, they decide to take a, a jump and a flying leap every time. Maybe the ones who have a lifestyle of not having the best manners when they're on the leash. Maybe they really like to pull. Maybe they've got a collar on their neck and they're just absolute maniacs on pulling at whatever catches their attention. It's a lot of strain all in one spot. Maybe they've gotten really crafty with their harnesses <laughs> and they just yank and twist and, and flip trying to get out of it or trying to get away from you to go chase after the bunny or whatever else has caught their attention. 
Other things that can cause disc disease or disc disease symptoms include medical challenges. So infection, tumors, toxins. There's other diseases that affect the nervous system and look a lot like disc disease. So that's why you need to get them checked out as soon as you start to see these symptoms. Get a professional looking at them. So what else can contribute? Who's at risk besides our lifestyle friends who are just absolutely crazy? That's my timer to let me know I need to start wrapping it up because I tend to go over on time. So who's at risk? You know, whether you're, you've got a purebred or you've got a mixed breed, whether that mix is known or not, are pups that are long. If you're looking at the long low riders, your dachshunds, your corgis, and your mixes that just, you look at their proportions and they definitely look longer than their legs are supposed to be holding up. If they look like the Golden Gate Bridge trying to span a great big bay, chances are they're more at risk for disc disease. Because just like that bridge, you've got more center of mass further away from the support structures. So that back is going to take a lot more strain. There's also pets that just have a genetic weirdness. I'm talking your bulldogs, your poodles, German shepherds, and then other dogs that tend to have some genetic issues are Labrador Retrievers and Dobermans. Dobermans especially because they have such long, lean necks. They tend to get this disease more in the neck than lower in the back. Now, if any of this sounds like your pet so far, reach out to me and let's have a chat and see if I'm the right fit to be assisting your pet with what they've got going on so that they can go out and be their very best and get back to living life theoretically, metaphorically, unleashed. We do still want them unleashed. <laughs> Safety first. But let's chat and see if I can assist them now, whether they're having this challenge to keep it from getting worse and hopefully start to reverse some of what's going on. Or if they haven't had this come up, to reduce their risk of it happening. Reach out to me, 636-751-3150. You can call me or text me. That's my direct line. Or you can visit completewellnesscc.com. And at the top, there's a tab that says consult. Hit me up there. All right. I want to do better about keeping these podcasts in smaller, easier to listen to sections. So we're going to wrap it up there so that you can get back to loving on your fur baby and saving the world. However, that is that you do that. And next time in part three, we'll go into what this disease looks like through your pet's eyes. We'll walk a mile in their paws. All right. Until next time, go out there and be your very best. Live life unleashed. Look forward to talking to you soon. Bye-bye.